Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Let Fear Bounce. This is your host, Kim Langling. I am so happy that you are spending just a small part of your day with myself and my special guest today, Emma Davis. She is a entrepreneur horse and a horse trainer, but she's also the founder of the pet CBD product and brand, Miko's Choice. I am so excited for this conversation, folks, but she's got a lot of information that many of you may not know about that can help you as well as your pets. So Emma, thank you. Thank you for joining me on Let Fear Bounce today. Thanks for having me. So, okay, we're going to jump right into it. First off, I want to know who Miko is. Yes, great question. (laughs) (laughs) He is my wild Mustang who I adopted from the government. And we have quite a long story together that we can get into. Um, But he is essentially the inspiration for my brand. That is awesome. A wild Mustang. How cool. How cool is that? And I've been on your website and we did chat prior to today. And he is an absolutely gorgeous soul. So first off, thank you for what you do in rescuing. And I didn't mention that, that you also rescue animals. And you're very, very passionate about that. And I want to get into um, how you came into this journey. So, Emma, I know that your journey started when you were initially trampled by a horse. Share a little bit about that journey with us. Yes, that's true. I was working on a ranch leading an overnight trip for people. And my horse, we were galloping and she got excited, started bucking. And I came off and she ran over me. And in that accident, she broke my back. And I had to be flown out, emergency surgery, and long story short, I had my spine fused. Otherwise, I was going to be paralyzed from the waist down. Oh, my. And, of course, you can imagine after a surgery like that, they give you opioids to recover. And I was looking at a year-long recovery, you know, learning how to move again. I couldn't even hold a glass of juice. I was so weak. Couldn't open doors. So through that process, the opioids really messed with me. And at the same time, my brother was starting a cannabis delivery and he suggested, hey, why don't you try some CBD to help with your pain and inflammation that you have going on post-surgery? And I hadn't really dabbled in it before. So that was my first experience with it. And it changed my recovery completely. I went off the opioids, was just using cannabis and it my nerve pain was gone. I had an appetite again. I felt okay moving. And that was my first cue into the medicinal properties of the plant and what it could really do for us. And also shortly after that, my dog was diagnosed with hepatocellular carcinoma, which is terminal. And he was given three months to live. And again, my brother suggested, hey, why don't you just give him some CBD? And this was at a time when pet products were not talked about. It was in 2015. So before California went recreational and we just decided, you know, why not? Let's just give it a try. Can't hurt anything. So we dosed him the same as me because we weighed the same. He was a huge huge wolf hybrid. (laughs) And uh, so I just sort of went for it. And like my recovery, he also continued to do extremely well. You, You would not have known that he was sick. And he went into remission for four more years. Wow. And they had initially given him about three months to live. Yeah. And it's, it's a very well-known aggressive cancer. And he 
had an unrelated follow-up surgery, which confirmed that the masses in his liver that were there were no longer there. And of course, I can't say that that's going to happen every time to every animal, but between that and my experience, I was like, okay, there's something here with this plant. And I basically pivoted my whole plan, which was to be a veterinarian and go down the cannabis CBD world and have over the years combined it with uh, animals. And what's, what is your, I know that you have uh, degrees. So what are, mm-hmm. what are your degrees in? Yeah. So I have an undergraduate degree in animal science, which was going to be the funnel to vet school. And I did get into um, a program at Tufts, but that was right when I had my accident. So I had to defer for a year and move back home and have my parents take care of me and all of that fun stuff. And then when I was better, I went back to school and ended up getting a master's in animals and public policy. So all of your, your education also is a great background for the journey that you took into the world of cannabis and CBD and the medicinal properties and how well they work for humans and animals. You know, it's, it was put on the planet for a reason, the way I look at it. And, you know, it's, it's there and it's, you know, it's been used for what thousands of years for medicinal properties. And, you know, now that we're able to look at all the different ways that you were able to just, this, this is just one dog we're talking about here, folks Mm -hmm. that had terminal cancer given three months to live and ended up going into remission and living four more years. I mean, what an amazing story. What an amazing story. So where does Miko, your wild Mustang, come into play here? Yeah, great question too. At that point, my brother and I were already working together in this cannabis delivery. And two months before my accident, I adopted Miko from the government for this ranch that I was working on because he was going to be a new addition to their string. The plan was for me to train him. But I got to the point where I could just barely touch his face because he was so wild and reactive when I got hurt. And after I got hurt, they decided, you know, it was, he was too much to work with. You know, he was very sensitive. He just wasn't really going to be a good fit for the ranch, which I ultimately agreed with now. (laughs) And so they sold him and we all lost track of him for many years. And two years after he was sold, which was about, A year after I was fully recovered, he just randomly appeared on Craigslist and nobody was looking for him. He just showed up and he wasn't that far away and he was in horrible shape. And so I just immediately responded to the ad and was like, that's my horse. I'm coming to get him. Right. (laughs) And so I went to get him and, and he was in the most horrible physical and mental shape I've ever seen more so mentally than anything and at that point I thought man I would just really love to be able to give him some CBD to just take down the anxiety that he has about the world among other things but there wasn't anything like that available you know keep in mind this is also a time when dog products were not available right and nobody knew how to dose a dog nobody knew certainly how to dose a horse So I didn't do anything about it. I just sort of sat on the idea for a few years before I found a a manufacturer that could make this all work and figure out dosing a little bit better. And so, yeah, he he was the inspiration for it. And I started giving it to him and to friends, horses, just to be like, is this even going to work? You know, because nobody was doing it. So we don't know. And it turns out 
that it does work. And amazing, you know, and you, you gave him another lease on life. Yeah, he, he was very, very troubled and very dangerous. And I had a lot of help in the beginning, but ultimately he hurt very well-respected trainers and we're still friends to this day. Um, so I, I respect what they did and they helped us a lot, but it just so happened that he was a horse that just wasn't going to be, you know, turned around on a schedule. And that's hard to do when you're hired to do a job. That's just not, you just can't do it in 30, 60 days, you know? Right. Right. So well, you have to, you have yeah. to go, you have to meet the animal where they're at, just like yeah. humans. My dog is a rescue dog. When I first got him, I don't, I have no background on what he was or where he mm -hmm. was or what happened to him, but he was very, very skittish. He was very ill mm. when I got him and I trained him in German and I use hand signals as well. Mm. And one of my hand signals is a flat open palm. Mm -hmm. And when I used that with him, not as a striking, but yeah. just putting it out. Yeah. And when I did that the first time with him, he literally threw himself on the ground cowering and he's oh. a big dog. And I realized right then, okay, I have mm -hmm. to meet him where he is. Let's change up my, my hand signals. Right. I didn't change the words I use, but I just changed my open palm to two fingers mm. and just gently would raise them. And that means to sit and stay. Yeah. And that worked. So you mm. just, you know, and I, I love how, you know, you, you used respected trainers, of course, you know, to help with, with him, but you also were able to eventually meet him where he was at. And I think that's so important. And I'm so glad you did that. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. And it's funny because now you wouldn't really know just the extremes that he had before. And people have offered to buy him off of me. <laughs> I'm like, no, you don't want to do that because he doesn't let anybody else ride him. Like he will bronk you off if you're even able to get close to, to try and get on him. So yeah, we've come a long way and I've realized that it just takes the time it takes. And yeah, you absolutely have to meet them where they're at. And you are his human and that's all there is to it. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> that's right. I love it when they choose you. Yeah, it does feel kind of special. <laughs> yes. So you guys have, a, obviously you guys have a special bond and it, it took years to get there, but maybe the, you know, the journey rolled out the way, exactly the way it was supposed to. I think it did. Yeah. So tell me more about the brand. You're, you're, you've got this, it's called Miko's Choice brand. And tell me a little bit more about that and how, how you're getting that word out to the world. Yeah. So started in 2019 officially, but before that I was giving it out to friends just to see, oh, your horse has this, your horse has that, you know, will it work? What dose should we give? Because again, nobody had the answers to these questions. And so once I figured out that it was helping a wide variety of things like anxiety, arthritis, navicular, ring bone, I put it out on the market. And the thing about CBD and cannabis is you can't advertise for it right now. It's very, very restrictive. So this whole time, it's been word of mouth. Just you try it, you tell your friend, they try it, you know, so on and so forth. And the growth has been really surprising that way. But I also think it's more meaningful that way, you know, than a company just blasting you with ads and be like, we swear this and that. And I honestly haven't advertised at all traditionally. 
all word of mouth using some brand ambassadors on social media, of course, because you have to kind of do that. Um, but they truly believe in the product and what it's doing because it's all people that had a horse that had an issue and was like, hey, try this. It might help, you know, and then it sort of spirals from there. And now recently I've released um, a tincture because before the product was a CBD pellet, which was just made out of the hemp plant. And that was very specific to horses. And so now this tincture can be given to any animal. So dogs, cats, pigs, horses, goats, llamas, you know, you name it, they can take it. And that has only been out for maybe six weeks or so. So it's pretty new. Um, but again, the response has been just amazing. You know, every time somebody says, Hey, I gave it for this reason. And I didn't really expect it to help. I'm like, cool. <laughs> no, that's awesome. That's awesome. And I do want folks, those that are listening, she didn't just come up with this stuff and she's mixing stuff up in her, in her barn. Right. You know? <laughs> Yeah. There's there's a lot of science behind it and a lot of other people with a lot of different expertises, you know, working on this with her. So it's not something she's just brewing up in a kettle in her barn. So <laughs> Right. Yeah. I have really great manufacturing partners and in terms of the dosing, you know, it's been a lot of figuring it out myself and working with them collaboratively to have the products that I have. No, I bet it's a lot of work. And I think a lot of folks probably don't even realize just how much work and effort and all of the hours and trial and error and things that you probably had to go through to get to the point where you're actually able to brand it and sell it. So, you know, good on you, girl. Good <laughs> on you. <laughs> hey, if you're helping, you're helping animals. I'm all for it. I'm all for yeah. it. And it's long been known to help those in, you know, humans uh, mm -hmm. with many different things. Uh, it, you know, and I'm, I'm actually quite thankful that it's, it's out there in a medicinal way for humans to use that, you know, that's, that's an option now, instead of having to be secretive about it. Right. And I know so many veterans mm -hmm. that live with chronic pain or PTSD yeah. and a variety, a variety of things that, you know, it just, it makes their life miserable. Um, mm -hmm. And if there's something out there that, and I'm a Christian, so I'm just going to flout it. God provided it and he put it on this planet. It's there for a reason. Mm -hmm. And now we're able to see just all of the great things that it can do. So I'm glad that you're, you've delved into that, you know, well, delved, no, you dove, you dove into that <laughs> and, you know, just going with your own experience with, with the opiates that the doctors were prescribing to you to help mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. And those are very addictive. They are, you know, yeah. and you and I had talked off mic before that, how ill they made you that, you know, you were just really ill taking yeah. them and thought to yourself, there's got to be a different way because you were absolutely miserable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it's funny going through that experience. I was like, why do people get addicted to this? <laughs> like, it was just so bad for me, but obviously people have different experiences, but over the years, what I've really learned with people is that they do want alternatives to those sort of medications. And a lot of our pets these days are on not opioids, but long-term pain management. CBD is a natural anti-inflammatory. And so I have a lot of people who say, hey, my horse is on this. Can I switch them? Yes, absolutely. And they see a big difference and it helps. I can imagine, you know, because people, they absolutely, they love their pets. I know, I know how much I love my dogs, mm -hmm. you know, and because they're such a big part of your life and, and well, they're a part of your family. You know, right. 
And so you, of course, want to take care of them to the best of your ability. So you have got, you've got your brand. Mm-hmm. You're a horse trainer as well. What are your plans? Because you've got a lot going on, and it's, it's all big stuff, and it's all amazing stuff. But what, where do you see yourself, your vision, in three years from now? So, yeah, off of the branding and the business world, I also do a lot of work with rescues for various animals. And what I would like to do eventually is have a property, not necessarily a sanctuary, but a piece of land that can bring in various animals and rehabilitate them and rehome them. And of course, if something's not going to work out, they can stay. (laughs) But I just think that rehabilitation and rehoming is a great way to help the most animals because at a certain point, if you have a sanctuary, you get, you're full and you can't take any more in. And then what do you do? So sort of having this like pipeline that we can get them from an auction, which I do a lot and then find them a good home would be ideal. And then at the same place, have people come in, like you mentioned, veterans or people with PTSD and work with these animals, whether that's just sitting in the field with them and holding space or actually doing some training or the husbandry day to day um, and just help people that way connect with the animals and just sort of create a, a safe, comfortable environment for everybody to come. That sounds beautiful. It's a beautiful yeah. thing. And I've no doubt that you'll, you'll reach that. You'll reach yeah. that goal. I have no doubt about it because I just, just talking to you the couple times I have, I can see, and feel that passion that you have in your heart for what you do and for the animals. And you think outside the box of how can I best help them? And I, and I think that's, that's needed much more instead of just saying, okay, well, we've got this place, ship them there. Right. And then you, then you don't think about it anymore, but like you mentioned sanctuaries, they will eventually become full. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, it's, it's a big problem right now, actually. Oh, okay. Then see, I'm not, I'm not aware of, of all the issues in that just because that's not my realm. I'm not in that realm, but I can only imagine that it would be. And so, yeah. you know, rehabilitating them and rehoming them. And I love how, you know, you had mentioned bringing in folks that it could be, you know, a rehabilitation for them as well to get them, get their souls soothed a little bit. Right. Right. Yeah. In the work that I do with horses and people right now, sort of already kind of do that and it's been really interesting to reshape how we think about like behavioral problems in animals horses and dogs and of course we don't want to anthropomorphize them too much but in a lot of ways things are similar stressors anxiety they're not comfortable with this and so if we take a second to relate to them maybe understand what they're going through maybe we won't force them through something will actually allow them to think through it and build their confidence like a human therapist might do with exactly yeah meet them where they're at right yes (laughs) yes i say that a lot (laughs) in just my regular life why couldn't you just meet them where they're at yeah Yeah. don't judge don't put down don't toss negative darts Mm -hmm. don't be forceful meet them where they're at because everybody's at a different spot and every animal yeah. is at a different spot. And like I mentioned earlier with my boy Dexter, I had to meet him where he was. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I, I didn't want to cause him more trauma or be a trigger to him. Right. 
you know, I wanted him to realize, okay, yeah, mom's the boss, but she's also my safe space. Right. Yeah. You know? So when you, you said you had mentioned that currently you kind of do work, you know, have folks working with animals and stuff. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed that animals might take to a different person or a certain person real quickly, or there's like a, an instant connection, whereas you weren't anticipating that? Yeah, I have. I do a lot of work with horses these days and they come with various things going on. And I have one person right now who really wants to form a connection with her horse so that when he is nervous or unsure, he looks to her instead of just trying to like leave the situation, which is very common of a fight or flight animal. And it's been really cool to watch that change in him because he used to bite her incessantly when he was nervous. He'd just be like, I can't handle this. I'm really stressed and I'm just going to take it out on you physically. And for a lot of people, that's really hard. And they're taught to just hit the horse in the face, you know, like stop it, you know, whatever. Let me get aggressive with you. And I actually told her to do something opposite which was to just take a step back away from him and try and work through the situation in a different way. And now he doesn't bite her at all. And the other day I checked in with her and asked her, have you realized that he stopped biting you? And that sort of realization in her was like, oh, wow. Like not only is he becoming more comfortable in these situations, but he's not taking it out on me anymore. He's now like looking and thinking through the situation. Like, how can we get through this together? You're teaching horse whispering technique. (laughs) (laughs) You can be the horse whisperer teacher. Oh man, (laughs) what an honor. (laughs) Oh, how awesome. What an amazing story you've got. And, And I know that there's an awful lot more to it. But I want you to share right now with folks where they can find more about you. If you've got a website or anything like that, share that with them. Sure. So my website, Miko's Choice, that's M like Mike, I-K-K-O-S Choice, is where I sell my products on there. So you can find things for literally any animal. If it has a backbone, you can find something for it there. Um, And then I also have an Instagram for that business as well. That's Miko's underscore choice and a Facebook for that. And for the animal rescue side of things and my day-to-day life, you know, with the menagerie that I have and the training work that I do, I have an Instagram for that. And that is named after my current dog (laughs) and it's Brian Kangle and that's Brian with an I and K-A-N-G-A-L, which is the type of dog he is. Awesome. Awesome. Now, okay. Now that you mentioned, you've got, you know, the group of animals that you have within your life Yeah. off mic, you had mentioned that you have a source, right? <laughs> now share, share with the listeners what exactly a source is. So a source is a cross between a horse and a zebra and his name is Pete. I got him about a year ago, actually this month. And he was at an exotic animal auction in Missouri. A friend of mine and I drove out there because she's big in animal rescue too. So she wanted to go see who she could save. And I was just along literally for the journey because we had this huge trailer that I was the only one who knew how to drive at the time. 
So I was like, I'll do it. <laughs> um, but you get into these dangerous situations where you walk into an auction or a shelter and you're like, I'm not, I'm here for this reason. But he was there, horrible shape. People were literally throwing beer cans at him because, you know, why would you do that? And I actually rallied my Instagram following to help me save him because Zorses are very expensive because they are exotic and people like exotic and they're cool, even though they shouldn't be pets, they shouldn't be domesticated. So honestly, it was only through the help of social media that I was able to raise the funds to save him and transported him back to California where I realized that yes, in fact, he is quite wild, <laughs> but, but to his credit, we've built this relationship now and he will often walk up to me when he sees me he, he had all these scars all over his body and his face that were clearly from a halter. So sort of like your dog, he would see the halter and be like, I'm out. And he right. would just run. And I have target trained him to the halter now. So when he sees, sorry, when he sees it, he'll come up to it and be like, oh, okay, this is a good thing. But on the flip side, he has days where he's just like, I don't want to interact with you at all. And that's fine. Cause he's mostly a wild animal. Right. Now, how did you come up with the name Pete? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was either like a really intense name, you know, or like something like Pete. And the reason I came up with Pete, I was just standing by his corral and I thought, you know, he looks like somebody that you could depend on in a situation. And he's also like kind and sweet. And for me, that was just like the association that came into mind. Just it. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. It just sort of works. <laughs> yeah, no, and I love it. I love it. I had met a little tiny dog, a little guy. I can't even remember the breed, but he was very little, and he mm -hmm. had a little vest on. It was at a veteran uh, event that I was at uh, mm -hmm. several years ago, and I walked up and I said, "Who is this sweet little man?" And they said, "Oh, that's Dave." <laughs> <laughs> and as I sat there looking at him, I went, "You know what? That name suits him perfect. He looks like a little Dave." He was just yeah. a teeny tiny little thing, but it, it yeah. just cracked. I laughed out loud because they're like, oh, that's Dave. <laughs> like, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that happens to us a lot because my dog is also named Brian. Oh, let's see. Well, there you go. Brian and Pete you got. Yep. And then we have a pig named Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you have a theme going on there. Yeah. And it just works. And yeah, people laugh about it. And I'm like, I don't know. They just look like. They look like a Brian. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I had a groundhog for years living under my shed. Oh. I named him Bob. He looked like a Bob to me. <laughs> I like it. You know? So I called him Fat Bob because he was chubby. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, Emma, this has been awesome. This has been you know, a half hour flies by. This oh, has well. been an amazing conversation. And I would love to have you on again sometime in the future to see where your journey's taken you what's going on with Miko's Choice, and all kinds of other things I'm sure that I'll come up with to ask uh, because we could talk for much longer than a half an hour. But it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on and you sharing about your journey and your CB CBD brand, Miko's Choice, and all that you've went through to get to where you're at today. And I look forward to watching where you're going to go. Thank you so much. This is great. Thanks again for being with me on Let Fear Bounce. And all of you out there listening today, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Let Fear Bounce. 
I am your host, Kim Langling, with my special guest today, Emma Davis. Everybody be well, stay well, and be blessed.